0: to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel, And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season 8 episode 12 friends
1: indeed. Mary what happened this week?
2: Felice finds out all in one morning that David and Donna broke up Noah's here instead of getting her boat ready for auction and no she won't stay for breakfast. She tries to kick Rat Noah out of said auction and is very embarrassed when he buys her boat for $325,000 so he can keep living in it. Also, by the way, he's a hunter of hunter oil and chemical. Meanwhile, David refuses to continue running the pea pad after Noah becomes his landlord. David, you didn't sell the business, which couldn't be worth much anymore, but come on. Val, however, will run the pea pad for her salary plus 30% and 10% of the profits. Also, she and David agree to fake date in an effort to win back their exes. Okay. Which one did you like better?
1: Felice realizing that he's a hunter of Hunter Oil and Chemical? Or Val and David agreeing to fake date to get back at Donna and David?
0: Oh, definitely the fake dating.
1: The fake dating for sure. It's like, I know this
0: happened like 25 years before before but it's so easy a to me like ah, oh, it's so great and of course it's val like of like of course it couldn't be happening with a better character
1: <laughs> she's so confident in it too she's like no mm-hmm. trust me this is gonna work
0: yeah like i think it's so funny because david of course is always kind of the like jaded one And always Mm -hmm. like the cynical one. And so all it takes, though, is for Val to be like, no, just trust me when nobody has ever trusted her and it's gone well.
1: And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should do that. (laughs) Yeah, but everyone in this group, every time they're like, Val is not to be trusted. Okay, Val. Yeah, but
0: she could. Yeah, it's like she can't be trusted, but she's generally right a lot of the
1: times. So I wonder if he's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to let Val Malone everyone and then I'm going to jump ship like. Three days before it implodes.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. You got to like outsmart her, but none of them
1: have yet. Okay. You are the one that comes clean. So they start fake dating. It starts working. David comes clean to someone to get himself out of it. It'll be like, Val Mm -hmm. completely tricked me into it. I didn't even realize what was happening. And they'd all just be like, turn on Val. And then David's just like, yes, plan. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Okay, but when this opens and Donna has basically cooked an entire continental breakfast mm-hmm. for Noah and he's like, oh, you're a real pro with the spatula and she says, you should see what I can do with a whisk and he responds with, I can imagine. Is that supposed to be sexual? What's happening I'm sure.
0: Here? Yeah, I'm sure it's coded, but like, I, I feel like in a new relationship – everything is sexual right until you like finally like proceed it's like everything's sexual until it's not until you realize like okay whoo we got that out of the way i mean like look at the rest of the episode with some of the other people right like but yeah it's like i've realized all tori spelling can do is kiss with tongue all she ever does is kiss with tongue and we've mentioned this before it's probably like an fu to like her dad who decided that she was going to be approved for you know 50 percent of the show or i guess what are we at now 80 percent of the show yeah, at least so she's like okay that's cool i'm gonna kiss him like crazy though like you better be prepared to see my tongue <laughs> oh my god so yeah so they're like almost about to kiss and felice walks in And it does seem like Noah spent the night, but it's, like,
1: very Very clearly stated
0: that he didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they have not slept together. They have not stayed over together. But Felice is just, like, she's so flabbergasted. And it's kind of my favorite Felice is flabbergasted Felice because she is flabbergasted again later in the episode. And she's kind of hilarious. Like, if I didn't hate her so much, she would kind of be funny. (laughs)
1: I, I mean, I think that's what makes it so good to hate her is like every now and then she does something and you're just like, okay, I get that. And then she's right back to it. Just like calling him a war frat and like mm-hmm. whisper fighting with Donna in the hallway.
0: Yeah. Like she's like,
1: I don't think Noah can stay for breakfast
0: either. Right, Noah? Like she's trying to have like this rapport and like start her dominance, but like She don't know – like, I know Noah works on their boat or whatever, but she doesn't know him. And, yeah, like, when they're whisper fighting and she calls him a wharf rat. And she – like, the fact that she's even attempting to whisper fight is kind of funny, too, because, like, when has Felice ever been shy about her opinions,
1: you know? I I thought that, too. I was like, it's weird that they're trying not to be overheard by Noah when Felice has literally never in her life been subtle. Right. Like – genuinely a little shocked there's not a ten thousand dollar check somewhere in this episode oh my god oh my god is this character
2: development
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and the fact that she now prefers david over anyone (laughs) is also somewhat of a development
1: (laughs) this was so wild to me and i have to assume that it's just because she's like well he's deflowered you so like i guess i have to get on board because there's no other ship
0: Yeah, exactly. She's like, well, you've attached your wagon or whatever that phrase is to David, so I guess I have to get on board too.
1: It's so funny. I also have issues here with the whole like Felice putting the boat up for auction and just being like, well, your father's dedicated himself to charity work and I just don't even sail all that often, so we're going to put it up for auction and just like this idea that Donna gets to have a say in that. How do you feel yeah. about
0: that? Ah, I don't know. like I, I think it just seems kind of random. like like they just needed to connect Noah to the boat again and like mm-hmm. show and prove like that, oh, Noah's worth is not actually with maintaining the boat and like what his job is, it's his money. Which has been the driving force for Noah the entire time. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be known for his money. But then it's it's found out about his money. So now, of course, it's all about his money. So
1: I just think it's random. It's so random. This whole scene is random, though. Because do you mm-hmm. realize that Felice came over because Donna's landline wasn't working and she wanted to talk about the auction? Mm-hmm. But then Donna says, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to use my cell phone to call the phone company. So, like. Donna has a second phone that Felice didn't call. Yeah, or Donna doesn't use the second phone unless absolutely necessary or something. I just like the idea that Felice tried the landline and nobody answered. She tried the cell phone and nobody answered. And she's like, well, I'll just go over there. It's fine. I'm not going to take the hint. (laughs) But it's so random. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just... I guess they also needed a place to put Noah. They don't have a spare house available at the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they had to figure out some conflict with Noah's quote unquote house or living quarters. So they had to then show how he can retain his living quarters. I don't know. Yeah, it was random. And like all it does is like Noah's just a connecting point at this point, right? Because then later on, I guess Noah's back on the boat. And Val comes over and is like, "There's still all this tension between them," and but this is also a connecting piece to make sure that Val gets back into the P pad, right? Because mm-hmm. she immediately goes on her ho- her own little spiel about like why she wants the P pad, why she should run it, how good she is at it, how important it is to her, like how she actually genuinely cares about this business. Like this is honestly the most authentic we've probably seen Val in a while, like about the P pad, and sure. It's about money and employment and whatsoever, but, like, I genuinely think she actually cares about the pee pad. Like, this is the one thing. She's like, no, I kind of, like, this is for me. Like, I did this before. I really enjoyed it. Stuff happened, and I want it again. If there's an opportunity, I should be the one to have it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like she kind of tries to malone the situation and being Mm -hmm. like, Noah, you're an outdoorsy person. You're not going to want to be in the club for 16 hours a day or whatever outlandish number she used but you're right i think like when val really wants something at least she's the kind of person that's going to go out and advocate for herself and get it on her own and this is really yeah. showing of her like she doesn't usually care about things like she cares about this club
0: yeah exactly um and i thought it was weird how like you know and they begin to talk about the conversation or have the conversation he's like i haven't made a decision about what he's going to do about the peepad and then All it takes for him or for her to say is like he's lazy and an outdoor person and he's like, okay, I've made my decision. And I'm like, you you just
1: said you didn't make a decision. That's what I mean about the maloding piece of it though. Like I feel like she's just going to like goad him into being in this miserable position where he has to run a club that has no Merlot. Sure. Just for her to be like, yeah, I told you I was passionate before you even realized you wanted the help. So No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I also, like, right after that, you get that little scene where David goes to the Beverly Beat to look at the classifieds Mm -hmm. because he needs a job, and as he says, he'd rather work at a cupcake store than go work with Noah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really short scene, and there's not a lot in it, but I really love when David tells Brandon and Steve that Noah is seeing Donna, and that's why he can't forgive him, and the guys are just like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm stunned into silence. I'm done. Yeah, it's like they clearly
0: didn't know about the breakup, and now they just found out about it in such a weird way. And then Dave is just so salty about Noah He's constantly, so salty. Like, like this man has forked over thousands of dollars, has essentially kept your business able to live on, but yet
1: ugh, Noah's ruining my life. <laughs> I mean, literally. The next scene is when Noah comes to see him at the peach pit mm-hmm. and David says, and I quote, congratulations, thanks to you, my life's ruined. Like, like what? In what way? <laughs> it's so good that he just blames Noah for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And like all Noah's trying to do, he's like literally like, this is your club. I literally have no strings attached to this. I want you to have this. And David's like, I don't want your charity. You took my girl. You took my club. And I don't no, want no he didn't. It. like I know. like like it's it, I know we say this all the time, but it's like David's saying like, oh, there's the consequences of my actions. Like
1: <sighs> exactly. And also, I have a question that is like kind of unrelated to this stuff. Nat was an investor into the P. pad, right? Did he get Mm -hmm. bought out or something? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I I assume,
0: because like we said in established last, I think it was last episode we talked about this, like the difference between the building
1: and the business. Mm -hmm. And like Noah bought the building. But like, yeah, in the business, Val was invested, but she got bought Mm -hmm. out. Did she get it from Nat? I
0: assumed it was like David bought out Val's share
1: of the business, not Mm – like that. Nat still has a piece of the business. Okay. Because that's what I've been operating on. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times of like how has Nat not seen the financials. Mm. But he's still handling it just like a champ. He's so nice to David (laughs) in this scene. He's like, hey, I'm so sorry about everything. Here you go. Yeah. Like shouldn't you be furious? I know.
0: I I don't get it. And like first okay. But I'm like still on this David thing because it's like for somebody who wants to have a career in the music business, clearly loves the P-pad, wouldn't you think somebody who so clearly has a passion for this would do anything to like he's literally like Not taking it back or not, you know, taking Noah up on his offer based on principle.
1: I mean, I think that's just adult David. I think he has to act on principle. Like he was so upset about charity and was lying and stealing in order to avoid having to admit his failure. Right. Like, yeah, he's not really acting very mature. And I'm kind of hoping that this like journey through all these random jobs Mm-hmm. Kind of takes him through another phase of character growth where he's just like, oh, I can talk to people and not be absolutely perfect and crushing it at everything. Right. I can be at khaki nation and not know how to fold a shirt.
0: I mean, perfect segue, right? Because he says he got a job there and now we go to this giant Cabela style khaki store. <laughs> I wrote REI, but yes. Yeah.
1: Like, it looks like a
0: Bass Pro Shops.
1: <laughs> it really does. And, like, their outfits kind of scream Bass Pro Shop. Like, we're not here yeah. for fashion.
0: No. Um, and, like, I can understand it being almost like a culture shock or, like, a um, fall from grace or whatever for David to go from the pee pad and, like, managing it. Like, being kind of, like, on top to... you know lowly employee at khaki nation but his attitude is terrible like you would think for a dude so desperate for any kind of employment whatsoever he would be a little bit more grateful that he got a job albeit at khaki nation but like i appreciate this like manager because she calls him out on it she's like bro you have a bad attitude and you fold shirts wrong
1: (laughs) I loved her. Like, Me too. She was bizarre. There was that one moment where she was like, good employees follow policy. They don't question it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, ma'am, you are not part of your union at Khaki Nation. No, clearly not. Like, oh, my God. But like, yeah, truly, the fact that she doesn't put up with David's shit and she's like, you literally have a job and it is twofold. Not listen to a Walkman or, you know, whatever. Yeah.
0: Because like, I get like, like staying on that because like we do go back there at some point. He's still folding badly. He sees a kid walking past him with a Walkman, who's listening to Frosted Flakes. I know, never, heard of her, but I hear they're great. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, "Sure, I'll take a listen," and puts headphones in, like, and then is like, "I don't need this
1: job." <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, you do. You're homeless.
0: <laughs> he just quits on the spot. Takes off his shirt. I'm like, bro, you're a khaki nation,
1: not red polo nation. Take off your pants. I, right? <laughs> I really wish he had ripped off the khakis. And then he just had like, you know, something else underneath or maybe even boxers <laughs> that might have actually really sold the scene for me. Seriously. Oh my she gosh, was just like, ugh. you can't take the merchandise out of the store. And he's like, fine, I won't. <laughs> Gosh, Khaki Nation. I'm a little sad Khaki Nation doesn't stick around longer than
0: this. Right? We saw it, and, and like, okay, that whole set, too. They just wasted an entire, I I mean, they had to have filmed that on location, but, like, still, you wasted an entire location for, like, half an episode. Yeah, that was, like, a
1: shoot day, just to get, like, 30 seconds of footage. Exactly. But... Yeah. So like we've kind of talked about David at Khaki Nation, but then there's the pea pad where mm-hmm. David isn't. And I guess it's Noah's first night running it. And the place seems dead. They don't have red wine because the shipment never came in. And Val is just like, well, you lied to me and you screwed over David. So this is your karma to come calling. It's like, what are you talking about?
0: I still don't understand this hatred for Noah. Like, I don't really care about Noah right now, but like, I don't hate him and I don't actually see what he did wrong. He literally did ensure a business could still run. First of all, I still don't understand how this business is even running because again, he bought the building, not the business. So I guess he was just like, well, I bought the building. So I guess I should make sure that the business is running. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Nobody explained it. I literally wrote like, how is this place still running after what happened? Who set this up?
1: Who's making sure everything's working properly? Who hired the band? Like,
0: I don't get it.
1: And do you think maybe the shipments didn't come because some random guy named Noah showed up and was like, yes, I will accept this shipment. And they were like, you're not David Silver or anyone I've ever talked to before.
0: Yeah. You're not on my contact list. You're not on my like, like you didn't set up this order. Like, I don't know. But uh, how do people even know to still show up? Like how like
1: mm, none of it makes any sense. And it's just like, yeah, she makes that comment. I'm like, honestly, you got like 50 people in there i'm surprised mm-hmm. especially if the dance floor was that dead i would just be like i'm not gonna go out and dance it's right. too much open space
0: well and speaking about the like shipment and how empty it is then why does noah weirdly allow val's drink to be comped like he's like he's on the house and i'm like you don't have that kind of not the authority but like that is not good business sense, noah but th- Fair, because he bought the building, not the business.
1: (laughs) It just none of it makes sense, and I really truly think in this moment that Val put on a dress, put on a bunch of makeup, acted like she was going to go out for the night, went to Mm -hmm. the pee pad, had this you know three minute conversation, and then when she couldn't have her drink, she went home and went to sleep. Like I think that is exactly what happened. That Val just gets dressed up, go out, and causes chaos. And then comes home and is just like, that was a good day. That's, yeah,
0: she's like, you know, she is neither an extrovert or an introvert. She's whatever vert is messing with people. <laughs> <laughs> I love she it. She gets so- her
1: energy out of just like stirring the pot. Yeah, she's like an energy vampire. She's a chaos vampire. Yes, ca- she, yes. She just needs to feed on those emotions.
0: Exactly. And like, David doesn't go to the pee pad because obviously he's not going to. Instead, he's at the beach apartment because if you guys recall last episode, Donna, like that that's the only quote unquote charity David has taken because he was literally homeless. And so Donna like asked him to come back to the beach apartment because she cares. Mm-hmm. And so to repay that quote unquote charity, David just blares music as loud as he wants to. Donna comes home from a photo shoot because that's all Donna does when she's off screen is just does photo shoots, which good for her. She's employed and she's making money. But David's still a jerk about Noah. He's a jerk about the music. As soon as she asks him to turn it down, he does. But then as soon as he she leaves, he immediately turns it back up like
1: He's being want- a teenager.
0: Exactly. Like, I want to like David, but he's doing the same thing Steve does, where it's like you get a moment of, like, you like him, and then he just reverts back to all the stuff he's always done.
1: Yeah. No. David's just being a brat right now in every sense. hmm He just – I don't know why he acts this way, and I think that's what's – like, yeah, sometimes we get really good David, and then sometimes I'm just like – I want to shake him. Strangle him. Yeah. And then, yeah, we see Val at home in her jammies because she literally went out just for this one thing and it worked. She Mm -hmm. maloned her way not only back into the P pad, but into a raise and profit sharing. I know. I
0: love that for her.
1: I loved it for her. And this is the point in the episode where in my notes I start writing like, oh, my God, this is what I wanted. I want Val to malone her way in and then just like create that weird little – quadrangle of noah david Donavell,
0: <laughs> totally well and i love that she goes high right like she's like i want 30 percent more than my previous salary and 50 percent of the profits and like thankfully noah realizes oh those are big numbers like no i won't do that and he like haggles her down to just 10 percent. like i was expecting her to
1: get down to 20 mm-hmm. but he's like no 10 and she's finally like okay <laughs> Like, yeah, she probably went in with nothing and then was just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So the next morning is or I guess afternoon, whatever. The next day is when David gets David quits mm-hmm. for listening to that album and getting in trouble. Which I just love that he doesn't get fired. I love that he quits actually. Yeah. It just it really goes into his bratty attitude. Mm-hmm. Because he's literally like, then you see him at the apartment just eating a sandwich, not looking for a new job, and just like snipping at Donna about how perfect her life looks from his mm-hmm. angle. Yep. Ugh. And like
0: finally, that I think that causes Donna to break a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, as he's like giving her shit for how great her life is, um, Donna's like, well, it was a mistake for us to sleep together. Like, ouch. And then, you know, she's like, I thought we were going to get married. I thought we were going to be together forever. And then David says something weird. Like, I personally did not understand the point of this, but he says, I'm not sure that these are your words or your mother's. And I'm like, homie, if you only knew, like, Felice
1: was like Team David at the beginning of this episode. So I don't understand. Like, well, and did he not listen any of the times that Donna's like, I stood up to my mother, I told her, that we had yeah. slept together and that I don't regret it. Like, why would you say this to her if not just to hurt her?
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And then, yeah, doesn't he end it with being like, well, I still love you. I can't talk about this. I was like, but you know what you did? hmm Like, that's on you. That's not on her.
0: Well, and that's what I don't understand is like he so clearly is is, is only mad at Donna because she's with Noah Like, I guess he's salty about the breakup, but he's more mad that she then immediately, like, started dating Noah and that Noah was the one that, like, helped him. But he still doesn't get it. Like, he's still, still, like, we saw a couple episodes ago when Donna was like, thank you for your apology, but, like, that's not what you should be apologizing for. Um, You know, because he still doesn't understand that the reason all this blew up in his face is because he lied to Donna about it, didn't ask for help didn't trust that she you know would help so yeah it's just really hard to sympathize with him at this point because he just doesn't understand like he's just
1: mad for no reason basically yeah he's he's mad at other people for no reason because Mm -hmm. he has reason to be mad at himself and doesn't want to deal with it right exactly and i just exactly oh he drives me bananas (laughs) but like I honestly feel like this episode isn't really like David kind of takes a back seat in this episode while Mm -hmm. the story happens around him, right? Like he had this khaki nation moment. He tells Donna he still loves her. He tells Noah he still hates him. Like that's nothing new. Yeah. But then on the other side of it, we've got Val and Noah working together and she's like impressing him business wise with her ideas for the club, which are theme nights. (laughs) And honestly, like, I feel like people love a good theme. Like, we're not going to say no to a good theme party. Totally. I just can't get over that she's like, yeah, we'll have country night at the pee pad. Mm-hmm. But she also gets to just, like, intercept Donna and immediately be like, oh, yeah, I work here again. Bye. <laughs> just She just gets to do – it. she just gets to Malone all over everything, and she is just, mm-hmm. like, putting the pieces – Of the puzzle together the way I want them together. So I can't be mad about it. Well,
0: no. And yeah, I'm not mad either. It's just so amusing just seeing her do this same thing over and over and over. And people are just like, huh. They don't realize until after the fact. You know, they're like, okay, great, Val. And like I said earlier, it's like, they like, she's like, trust me. And they're like, I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the five-minute memory. They're just like mm-hmm. – because literally Donna's like, hey, Noah, do you remember how Val is? And he's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, but it's just business. Yeah. Like, they literally she's- dated a few episodes ago.
0: Literally. And, like, people don't see her, like, being so pleased with herself, like, when their backs are turned. You know, she's, like, smirking and, like, she's just short of, like,
1: wringing her hands together. <laughs> And, like, truly, you know that she's just practiced well enough to be like, hold the face until I get around the Mm -hmm. corner. And then she just like pulls out a cigarette and she's like, yeah, I did it again.
0: (laughs) No, she pulls out a joint
1: (laughs) (laughs) that she hand rolled very clearly
0: (laughs) and says, like, oh, these avocado heads. (laughs) I got
1: them again. And then. Yeah, Donna says at the end of this that she doesn't want to date Noah if Val is going to be around too much. Yeah, and he says basically the same thing. He's like, "Well, I don't know if this is you or your mother." Yeah,
0: like I, which we understand Felice is a big is a big personality and she has big opinions, but she's actually not. Like literally, Donna said earlier in the episode, like, "You are not allowed to tell me what to do with my life. This is my life, my actions, my stuff." She stood up to her on her own. It's like, I don't understand why other people are still like, yeah, Donna,
1: you're just your mom. I don't get it. Is it because they didn't hear it because they were whisper arguing? So Noah didn't hear her be like, I'm not going to listen to you about this. I'm done, I guess. But at the same time, it's like they should all I mean, with the exception of probably
0: Noah, because he knows everybody the least. But like they should all know her well enough to know she has literally never Agreed with her mother. She has d- done what, like in high school, she did what she thought she was supposed to. But then a lot of the other stuff she's done, sure, it's been her mother's influence, but she has her own mind and has made her own decisions. So, yeah, it just, it's weird that they're pulling this in without any real factual evidence.
1: It drives me nuts. It feels like another one of those times where. They want that to be the right thing. Where at the end of it, mm-hmm. she's going to be like, "Oh, well, I realized I don't need to act like my mother." Like it mm-hmm. feels like one of those stories. Mm-hmm.
0: But then, yeah, it's like then the next day, I guess, or yeah. later, next day.
2: I Who think knows. next
0: day. I don't know. David says he's going to work at a car wash. Um, and David and Val are like walking down the sidewalk or in a mall. I don't remember where they were. It's like an outdoor mall. They said they were shopping somewhere. That's right. And like Donna runs up behind them, but like I guess didn't see Val when she ran up behind David, even though she was right next to him. And yeah, she just like says she's going to the auction, but only talks to David. She's like, I'll see you later.
1: (laughs) And I love that Val loved it. She was like, did you see that? She didn't even (laughs) look at me. Which also, when – you can tell how pissed Donna is because when she asks what they're doing and David says hanging out and Val says shopping, she's like, oh, you should get your story straight. I was like, and Val's just like, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> just loved it. And like it leads up to the most organic in my mm-hmm. mind – fake dating scenario that they could have come up with like Val and David fake dating while Val works with Noah and Noah's trying to keep his relationship with Donna and David wants Donna like it's perfect Mm -hmm. write it down as a rom-com sell it to me in seven different formats
0: exactly yeah because they literally like and, and you know I think Val she may end up having feelings for David at some point that's fine because Val just likes attention so even if they're fake dating she still loves the attention so even if they're not real feelings it's like she gets she finds happiness in that so like Mm -hmm. I could easily see that happening but yeah but she's convinced she still wants Noah because he's not giving her attention right now and David knows he wants Donna back So this is, like, a great scenario. Plus, they've already dated before, so it's, like, they have this comfortability with each other. But still, the fact that Valerie, like, convinces David to do this is baffling. Like, clearly David just doesn't know what he's doing with his life right now.
1: He has no idea. And then, like, speaking of all the times that people break up for reasons, I also love that the reason that David broke up with Val was because she wanted to, like, run this con – And needed Mm -hmm. him to sleep with her friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if I found out that David and Val were back together, I'd be like, are you sure? Like... (laughs) Yeah. What? Do we
0: not recall the Ginger situation? Oh, my God. What
1: if Ginger showed back up and was like, oh, I heard that you and David are dating again. I've come to collect. What if Ginger and Noah know each other somehow? (laughs) I just... I don't even know how that would happen. Like what would Ginger want to do with Noah or would it be like he's the only person that's ever like truly stood up to her and she's just like yeah. frustrated about it cuz he's too good boy Brandon with the money to support his actions. Mhm. No. I I love that fake dating is coming into this and it oh, is just going to go like all wonky because we get to the boat auction where then again while no one can see them felice like tells donna that she's a grown woman and she's like well i'm gonna respect that you make your own decisions Mm -hmm. like but no one's around to hear this
0: i know i don't understand it and i don't understand why we are being told this only to then bang our heads against the wall whenever we hear somebody not knowing this you know that's i need felice to write a newsletter Yeah, right. Like take an ad out in the Beverly Beat to say, my (laughs) daughter's great and I'm proud of her. (laughs) Oh my God, that'd be so cute. Right? It's like in the yearbook when we were in high school where your parents could take out a page like talking about how proud they (laughs) are of you oh man but yeah so like it's auction time that you know we get the going back and forth on price and then noah just walks in in like a t-shirt it wasn't a t-shirt but it was very casual compared to everybody else and he's like 325 and felice is like no this is clearly a joke like he doesn't have the money like stop saying things but then he wins the boat and the guy the auctioneer is like oh okay three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars sold to noah hunter and felice is just like
1: you're one of those hunters, <laughs> which, okay. First of all, truly amazing that Felice yeah. just knows the other rich families in the country. Like we yeah, know they course. hang out in California and Texas. We've never heard of them going anywhere else. Like I, I just don't know. Love well, it. I guess Hunter Oil and Chemical could be from Texas. I've just never really pictured yeah. Noah as a Texas, Texas guy because yeah. he said he went to like Harvard or something. So I just I guess I just kind of assumed that area. Yeah. Anyway. Felice hired him before this. She knows his full name.
0: Right? <laughs> like I'm telling you, he's just a connecting point. Like Noah doesn't actually matter. <laughs>
1: it's, it feels like it's like Clark Kent putting on and off the glasses. He puts on the glasses and she's like, "Oh yeah, Noah Hunter, the wharf rat who works on my boat." He takes <laughs> off the glasses and she's like, "Noah Hunter of the Hunter Oil and Chemical Hunters."
0: And, like, it is so funny how vapid and superficial Felice is that just
1: that, knowing that, changes her entire opinion. I hate it so much. I know. I do love when she's, like, really flustered and, like, kind of embarrassed next to the auctioneer guy where she's just like, I just – it's $300,000 from the guy who repaired the boat. (laughs) Oh, man. And then – it like this story ends with Donna taking him off to the side, and he's like, Yeah, I got the boat so that you would have time to think about us, which is weird. Like, I bought your parents' boat so that you could spend time not thinking about me.
0: Yeah. And, and then, then she's like, I changed my mind. I'm good.
1: Why? Girl, why? I don't value know. yourself more. I know. Whatever. Also, I had like. I had the most bizarre thought at this point that I might cut out later, but I had to tell y'all because like I could not stop thinking about it this morning. Noah keeps buying stuff up with his money. So Mm -hmm. he owns the building with the pee pad and he owns the boat now. Mm -hmm. What if he's actually – oh my god, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Like a Hiram Lodge where he's just gonna Ooh. keep like buying up parts of Beverly Hills and then just be like, surprise, I'm the villain. Like, he's just gonna make Sodale? <laughs> East Beverly? Yeah. <laughs> East Bev? <laughs> I just had this whole thought. He was like, oh, yeah, my money's ruining everything again. And then slowly his money ruins everything over and over again. And it's like you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. He accidentally buys all of the Beverly Hills zip code. And it's just like, oh, am I the bad guy?
0: Like, I'm just now waiting for a family member of Noah's, either his dad or he has a brother, sister, I don't know, but to come into town and try to be like. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking of how Hermosa is or something. It's like part of the scheme, but she worms her way in somehow or something.
1: <laughs> this is how Ginger knows him. Ooh. That's his sister. Yeah. Ooh. I got you right. Stepsister. sister. Ooh, stepsister. <laughs> I like it. I love this so much. Our theories are so good. Always. they they really only circle around like five shows in total. It's like, sure. what if we made 902 and over for Dale? That is my goal. Every <laughs> single episode.
0: There's enough crossover. It would make sense.
1: It really <laughs> would. I mean, literally none of that is supposed to happen. Noah is like the nicest guy in the, on the planet. He's literally mm-hmm. Dylan and Brandon's baby. Right. And he and Donna are back together again. And I he, guess so works with Val and Val's pretending to date David and David wants to get Donna back and I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, Mary, what else happened this week?
2: Carly and Steve look for like 10 seconds of alone time anywhere to bang and only end up finding out the Walsh house has mites and Carly's mom has a secret boyfriend with whom she's running away next week to travel across the country to meet his kids. Next week, secret boyfriend. Anyway, Zach needs a new babysitter. So dumb. Like, the so whole dumb. point is to
1: set something else up, and I don't know what it is, but oh. the idea that they're just like, oh yeah, they've been together long enough that she's gonna leave for a few months with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly they're like running out of the contracted episodes that Hillary Swank signed up for, and they're like, we got to plan something but we have like i'm guessing three episodes so let's make it so unrealistic but realistic to the point where she legitimately has to leave so let's throw this in
1: how about this i mean i feel like every time they run out of storylines they're like what should we do punish a female character yeah (laughs) yeah
0: make them move away for something that they like don't want
1: i just yeah i cannot get over the fact and the fact that her mom goes to her house to make out with her boyfriend because she's like oh we wanted to watch a movie i'm like ma'am we call that netflix and chill now we know what you're doing
0: yeah like i it's just such a weird storyline because like mary said like they're literally just spending the entire time running from place to place to try to find a place to be alone so first they try to go to malibu um Because uh Rush is up in forget where he said, but somewhere else Portland, I don't know. Somewhere seeing family, which I'm like, the boys are here. What family are you seeing? Doesn't matter. But then of course Zach is sick again because he's just always sick apparently when they want to be alone. Um then yeah, they go to the Walsh house. But then Valerie comes in. I totally thought this was just a prank by Valerie and not a legitimate exterminator situation. But they have to leave for at least four or five
1: hours because they have to smoke the place of mites, which is so gross. And I feel like someone should have said something about this to the roommates before this. Or maybe they said it to Steve and he just never registered. Yeah.
0: And then what was the next time we see them because i don't think we saw them a lot
1: yeah it was that then it's where they find out that her mom's moving yeah and then the right. last time is carly is like stress cleaning the house mm-hmm. and steve's like yeah don't worry about it we'll figure it out and then when mm-hmm. he says we you can see this like visible relief in her face where she's like oh you said we and then she's like oh the house is empty and presumably yeah. they go bang
0: right presumably and i think
1: that's i think that's that oh is God. literally it.
0: So dumb.
1: <laughs> it's so dumb and so fast. Oh, uh, That was probably a record for a storyline for us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never beat it. No. Mary, what else happened this week?
2: Kelly and Brandon deal with workplace sexual harassment in different ways. Brandon from Emma Bennett, a talented writer, Kelly suggests he recruit to work at the Beverly Beat. Emma flaunts her innuendo, non-monogamous nature, and the good version of the haircut Emily Valentine had when we last saw her. Kelly begins to pick up on the fact that maybe there's a reason Dr. Monahan works at this clinic other than being a good person when he gives her a very close shoulder exam and complains about his marriage problems.
1: You made so many realizations that I didn't, like, the haircut, (laughs) that's a perfect description. Mm -hmm. Like, of course he sees it and it's basically just Emily Valentine and the doctor working at this clinic. I was just like, oh, he's just an asshole and there's a bunch of, like, sexual innuendo, but who cares? But then, like, yeah, actually having a reason where other people won't hire you because you're a dirtbag makes so much more sense.
0: So much more sense. And it is – it's interesting how they also frame it because like mary said like it's sexual harassment in two different ways right but because Mm -hmm. it's almost like because emma is a peer you know like she's probably close to brandon and kelly's age and dr monahan is clearly not that's why it's creepier right Mm -hmm. it's like And there's probably still that stigma of like, you know, people think women can't sexually harass men, which they absolutely 100% can. But men, and, and maybe honestly, it's more of a commentary about men, but men are more welcome to attention like that than women are. Like, I don't know. But it's just like, it's so interesting how one is so clearly sexual harassment and uncomfortable sexual harassment. And the other is almost like, This is tension, right? Not harassment,
1: but tension. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I watched it. And it gave me one of those weird feelings again, where you've got like Kelly being clearly, visibly harassed by her boss, essentially. He is like undressing her in a room by themselves. Mm -hmm. And. Like, their reaction to that is and being like, are you, are you sure about that? You should really be sure before you do anything. Right. But then you have Brandon's where Emma is showing up and, like, sitting on his desk and getting really flirty and wanting to meet in person and have a drink in the middle of the day and, like, he's much more welcoming of that mm. and I think that kind of muddies the conversation. Totally. The fact that, like, he is not so against – Kelly's and then also not against his. Like, he would be against it if he thought what Kelly was going through was sexual harassment, but he immediately second guesses her and then, like, completely welcomes the situation to himself.
0: Totally. Yeah. No, 100%. And yeah, so that's perfect. We can, like, kick this off. So the beginning of the episode starts out with, like, Kelly reading an article about Generation Y, which is that millennials? No, it
2: can't be. No, it is yeah cause it went x ex- does it go x, x and then Z. like
0: like and then oh, yeah, so yeah.
2: millennials are gen y, okay,
0: so like we would have been I mean six – Aaron's eight- age, yeah, yeah, oh my God, she's reading about Aaron. oh my God, Aaron Silver's a millennial, <laughs> but wait, why would anyone write an article about five year olds? I don't know. that's what it's just hitting me like this is weird, but anyway.
1: Sorry, no, I'm trying to think about like elder millennials because I think it goes back to like 85 or something, but they'd still only be 12. Right. Maybe they're just talking about like different habits, like,
0: you know, kind of how we were talking about Gen Z when they were early high school.
1: Yeah. But only
2: Yeah, the only way I can make this make sense in my head is like, I've had this many problems getting a job after college. What is it going to be like for the next generation? Mm, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Fair. That's fair. But yeah, this article that was written about millennials, not yet described as millennials, um, is by a person named Emma Bennett. And Brandon knows about her because she's apparently published stuff at USC. She was kind of like really young to be published, stuff like that. And I just love that Kelly's like, oh, you should get her to write at the Beverly Beat because that's what she would want to do. Like,
1: (laughs) I literally learned how to use emojis in Google Docs in this moment because I wrote eye roll and the emoji popped up. And I was just (laughs) like, "Well, it's perfect. No notes, just eye roll. That's awesome.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, like, if she's such an accomplished writer and has already been published, like, why on earth would she want to come write for a meddling, like, small, tiny newspaper?
1: I don't know. Every time the Beverly Beat does something of note, I'm just like, it makes no sense. Why would the ADA be reading this paper? And you have, like, no credibility. You've only been around for two months. Exactly. Whatever. But But then we get set up for... Kelly's
0: storyline um and we're at the clinic and she's happier here than she was at the foundation she feels like she's making a difference here as opposed to at the foundation she thinks there that there was like more red tape or more paperwork or more stuff that she wasn't able to really like see her impact and mm-hmm. that's actually which is it's funny that they were talking about the generation Y earlier that is very much a millennial mindset um that people when they go into jobs they don't just want to, you know, clock in, clock out. They actually want what they're doing to make a difference. Like, I feel like that has been such a millennial mindset, um, you know, for a while. So I
1: just, I thought that was interesting connecting it back to that article. I do love that. Yeah. Cause it's like, she really gets to see things up close and personal at this Mm -hmm. clinic. Mm -hmm. Cause like right after this, like the nurse comes over and says that they have a patient come in. She's been attacked by her husband. And the doctor is immediately like, I got to go see him. Like, let's reinforce that he's a good guy, that they're doing good things. That this is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. So we can trash it later. But
0: Yeah, exactly. Build him
1: up to tear him down. Yeah, because the next morning we see Kelly like, she's excited. She wants to go to work early. Mm-hmm. I love that her to-go coffee cup is basically just a little coffee pot. It was very cute to me <laughs> that she was pouring coffee from the big pot to the little pot. Mm-hmm. But it's she's excited to get to work because of Dr. Monahan and how great he is. And Brandon like looks like he's this teeny bit jealous. And I loved this little, oh, he's no Brandon Walsh. I'm sure he hears that all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I hate that they can be cute. And then as the episode goes on, I'm just furious yeah like it's i think it's because
0: like it 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 offends us so much because there's so much to like about the relationship and what Mm -hmm. we have liked is that they're domestic you know like they're an established solid firm relationship so why on earth are we trying to introduce things that can like mess it up? Like we like, cause we talk about this. We've talked about this for the last four years. We've done this podcast <laughs> when we say sometimes it's just really nice to see a healthy relationship that mm-hmm. you don't need all of this drama that you don't need random stuff to come between. You want to see the solidity of a relationship sometimes not just like, Oh, how flimsy is this? And yeah, so it's like, we get this such such a cute little scene, like, Brandon tosses her a bagel, like, you Love know, it's it. just so cute, but then the rest of the episode is all about how there's lying and, and hurt and disbelief and, like, all this kind of stuff between them under the surface that is messing up the foundation or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally, the next scene is when Brandon meets Emma Bennett and... She starts making all of these, like, very, you know, flirtatious comments where she's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I want to smoke, and I know it's bad for me, but, like, isn't that part of the thrill? Right. And, you know, they try and talk about having a job. He tries to hire her at the paper, and she's like, absolutely not. I'm a freelancer. I like having my freedom to do whatever non-monogamously, which tells me, you know, she's only around for three episodes. Yeah. But it's fine. I also, like, again someone who's been published since they were in school, why would they want to come work at this newspaper?
0: Yeah, it was kind of like when they hired Terry. It's like, how in the world, why did Terry
1: take this job? (laughs) Do you think also sometimes when people say these things that Brandon's just like, I work here? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: But she makes this comment where, like, she likes the way he handles his business. She's like, ooh, no foreplay. It's like, who are you? What are you doing? I know. and it just the tension
0: and like the banter is almost like like in this scene I'm like okay this is kind of interesting like there's some good banter good tension but it like goes to 11 Mm -hmm. immediately after this right like you know it's we're having this set up for who Emma Bennett is like immediately she's interesting immediately she's kind of an enigma because she doesn't have these sorts of like you know loyalties i guess you could say and at first you're kind of like oh well that's just that's a double meaning but we don't know which of the double meaning she means at this point Mm -hmm. but then this is again when we turn up to 11 not just in the emma bennett and brandon situation but also in the clinic so we jump back and forth between these two different scenes but they're parallel to each other right so from just meeting Emma Bennett and immediately seeing how, like, flirty and, and whatever she can be, we then go back to the clinic. And Kelly is, like, rubbing her shoulder because she's had a long day and there's been a lot of, you know, just whatever. And then Dr. Monahan offers to take a look at it. And we have no reason to think anything weird at this point. Then they walk into the exam room. And she starts massaging her or he starts massaging her and then pulls her cardigan down off of her shoulder and I am uncomfortable
1: and like that's the moment that they start the like uncomfortable music too they're like hey just making sure you got it but like Mm -hmm. yeah it was already just a little weird to me with the massage because I feel like if he's saying like oh well let me make sure it's okay he would just be like poking and prodding the one side of her shoulder not doing a full double shoulder massage I'm like right I mean okay the massage is probably what she needs but like you as her boss should not be doing this alone in a room correct and then yeah he takes off the sweater and the music starts and then he slips down the little camisole strap and like your body just seizes up while you're watching it well and
0: Jenny played it perfectly she really did because she immediately looks tense she looks uncomfortable she looks like the fuck is going on and oh god and you just especially like we're three women here like especially Mm -hmm. as a woman we're all just like what
1: do you do like what what where do you go from here right Uh, yeah because like in a moment you know you have like a fight flight or freeze kind of a thing and you can tell she freezes she seizes up she's just like i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. do i just like Play dead like a possum until it's over and then get Mm -hmm. out. Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And because, you know, what do you do in this situation? She goes home that night, she tells Brandon about it, and she tries to tell him, like, it felt different. It didn't feel like he was examining me. It felt like he was massaging me. And Brandon's just like, Well, you do do you think you felt uncomfortable because someone you know is performing the exam?
0: It's like, she doesn't know him. She doesn't. She's worked here for like 2 weeks. Like there is a clear difference between Dr. Monahan doing this and Steve.
1: Huge difference.
0: And I hate that he blows it off. Like he's like because he first questions, he's like, "Do you do you don't you think if he really stepped over that line, you would be sure?" And I think that's at least like not the worst it's not a great question, but it's not the worst question because she is kind of being like, "This was weird. I don't know." And like, Brandon is kind of just being like, well, like, kind of almost just saying like, wouldn't you be sure if it was really Mm -hmm. that bad? Like, I can understand it to a point. But then when Kelly says, all I know is that it didn't feel right. Then Brandon should have been like, then I think you should say something. Or, you know, like, stop it there and be like, okay, if you are uncomfortable, that's, that's, you go with that. Yeah, because like,
1: even if it comes out that like, what happened wasn't wrong, you right. know, for whatever reason. It's a legitimate examination of her shoulder. She can mm-hmm. go ahead and set the boundary of, like, I am uncomfortable with physical touching in yes. a workplace. Please don't do that again. Even if, like, I have a shoulder crick, I feel more comfortable going to a different doctor. Totally done. Like, you end it there. Yeah. But no, Brandon says that and then is like, I'm having a hard time imagining someone so good being so bad because Kelly has done nothing but you know praise this guy as if he's not doing these things to lull people into a false sense of security so that he can take advantage of them when they're vulnerable to him
0: exactly and then Brandon's like I'm just saying maybe you got the wrong impression first of all you don't know him
1: never met him before in your life what are you doing
0: why on earth would you take his side when you don't even know him and you literally like you Kelly is your girlfriend aren't you supposed to like?" protect her and i'm not saying that in like a chivalrous kind of like macho like you know whatever kind of way i mean in the sense of she's a person that you love
1: that's what you i mean know? yeah like if something happened to john i would want to take care of him because i 100%. love him he doesn't yeah, If something
0: happened to. to one of you guys i would absolutely want to step in and protect like there's only so much i could do but like you get a protective feel for a person that you care about whatever yeah. that then comes out as right like It could be a million different ways of of how you protect somebody but the point is is like you feel a sense of loyalty and, and like protection for people that you care about why is brandon who we've seen do things for people that he cares about like he is a man of action he's not a man of like i'm gonna take that dude's word for it like this random person like no brandon like the real brandon in my opinion would have go- have heard this from Kelly, then would have personally gone to the clinic and talked to Doctor Monahan. He would have taken it in his own hands, which still would have been the wrong cl- r- wrong thing to do, but he would have done it.
1: Yeah, remember how at the beginning of this season, a mere six yes. episodes ago, he was so overprotective of Kelly that she couldn't be around him, and he wanted to literally kill a guy. Yeah
0: like like it just makes it make it is the wrong characterization. It's the wrong one.
1: Yeah, and my only guess is that it has something to do with the fact that he's also being harassed at work, but at the right. same time, how can you tell? I have no idea. I don't know what they're trying to get across in this other mm-hmm. than putting Kelly in a corner and leaving her vulnerable and having Brandon not be there again, much like the house fire with the other girl with the blunt bangs and short haircut. Seriously though, Oh, my gosh. Like, I hate it. And then they, like, confuse us again because the next day Kelly's trying to avoid the doctor and, you know, he ends up finding her and he's like, I need people in the room with me when I perform exams because people are so litigious and, like, they take things the wrong way when you're alone with a male doctor, which then flips a switch in her brain where she's like, yeah, I bet that's exactly what I did just pisses me off
0: yeah it's like why do you why do you think you were told to have people in the room with you why do Mm -hmm. you think you need a witness because you've been bad because you've done bad things like you are the common denominator in every single one of these exam rooms how people don't see that is baffling to me
1: well and it just blows my mind that like this is the direction that kelly goes when in reality she should say Wait, but you took me alone into an exam room.
0: Yes. Who was my witness?
1: Yeah. Like, ugh. I know. And then on the other side of town, Emma comes to see Brandon just to sit on his desk in this like short skirt and be like, my computer is broken. Let's go get a drink so that I can give you my article Article. in person. So I was like, progress report? (laughs) I just lost the word for a moment. (laughs)
0: But, yeah, and it's, like, the ca- the way that the camera angle was done is, like, she sits up on the desk and then we're eye level. So, like, all – and, like, Brandon's eyes immediately go to her legs. And I'm, like, Jesus Christ. Like, I hate the parallel in this situation because of what we talked about. It's, like, in one scenario, it's completely unprofessional. Well, in both scenarios, they're completely unprofessional. But in mm-hmm. one, the other person is extremely uncomfortable. And the other, it's just a temptation. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it, it, In one scenario, it's completely unwanted advances. And in the other situation, it's wanted and tempting.
1: Yeah. I, ugh. Well, and like they just keep it going because, you know, Kelly asks Brandon to invite Emma over for dinner because she's so excited to meet her and Brandon pushes her off. But then she's like, oh, and by the way, I realized I overreacted about the doctor. Thank you for your support what support yeah. no support yeah. literally I zero support didn't understand what that support she was referring to was yeah and then we see uh Brandon and Emma where she wants to know the real Brandon Walsh and they're just being way too flirty mm-hmm. and
0: then across town we're at the clinic and Dr. Monahan literally runs into Kelly and grabs her arm weirdly like by the elbow and he gets all close to her and calls
1: her beautiful. And it's so awful. I hate it so much. And like when Kelly goes home that night and is like, I want to take a shower. I just feel dirty. It's like he barely even touched you. Like that's mm-hmm. not okay. I know.
0: He it, it, Yeah. And like she probably still feels like his breath oh. on her like
1: ear and neck and just wants to wash it and scrub it away. All of it. Yeah, I just I feel so bad for her. And at least Brandon takes this moment to be like, "You never shower at night. What's wrong?"
0: Yeah, like you would think that would like trigger something. And like I guess it does slightly, but not enough because then Emma freaking calls for Brandon and asks him what he's wearing and then she talks about what lingerie she is wearing and to make matters worse, Kelly had heard the phone ring, had not yet gotten into the shower, comes back out and asks who was on the phone and he lies.
1: And it's – first of all, it's a bad lie. He says it's a wrong number, but, like, you just had a whole conversation with this person. Exactly. Like, if you're still holding the phone from when the phone rang and she comes out and you say it's a wrong number, that's suspicious.
0: Yeah. That's not – that can't even remotely be true.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, this is, like, all that muddiness where, Mm -hmm. like, this woman that he works with is calling him at inappropriate hours asking him what he's wearing Mm -hmm. and his response rather than to be, like, I feel – unclean i need to shower this isn't right he lies to his girlfriend about it exactly
0: exactly and like he should have shut this down immediately said i have a girlfriend this can only be professional but he doesn't
1: no he doesn't so that is the end of this episode i wrote down a timeline for my own reference I don't know if you guys remember all of the dates of the current Brandon and Kelly relationship. So I figured I'd mm. give us a little refresher. Okay. I actually missed one. Um, but most importantly, Kelly and Brandon kiss while Brandon is still with Tracy in season seven, episode twenty six, in April of ninety seven. So they okay, like and
0: that's that's like that was when they were outside at The Rose Parade or or something
1: like that? The, like, Under the Stars Symphony or something. The night orchestra. Yeah. And so they kiss, and for all intents and purposes, like, Brandon still has to break up with Tracy, but they're getting back together. They try and keep it hidden for a while, but April 97, the first time they kiss since they broke up last time. Okay. So they are together from April 97 through the summer until they go to Hawaii. In September of 97 where the only reason Kelly goes is because she thinks he's cheating on her and then she comes back and she gets shot and then loses all of her memory. So like they're together but not together because she can't remember him from like what episodes 803 and 804 Mm -hmm. and she's like weirdly spending too much time with Noah. Right. So that's in September of 97. So they've been together five months at this point. Okay. Okay. Uh, episode 8 is when they decided they had to spice things up and start like having – have sex in the oh. middle of the day and like – Yes. So only been back together six months at six this months. point when they're like, we well, you have a dead bedroom. Oh Forget that I've been shot. And then four episodes later, Brandon cheats on – is basically cheating on Kelly. Like he's not he cheating like- on her physically, but he's like emotionally, like mentally thinking about it.
0: Right, right. So it's like seven, eight months later, like into their relationship, he's like, I've had enough. This is a rut.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like I didn't write down date dates. I went by Mm -hmm. like air months. So close enough. But like, yeah, at most, this is April to December. It is eight months. Mm. And like
0: when they got back together, it was like like this was on the heels of them Talking about getting engaged. You know what I mean? Like like they broke up because they didn't get married, but like Brandon kept the ring and Kelly wore the ring around her neck. Like this is clearly like a more serious relationship than Steve and Carly, you know?
1: And they had the pregnancy scare where they were excited yeah. to start a family together. Like right what oh is happening? <laughs> That's
0: what, it's what I'm like, telling you. Like they can be all cute and show us, like, oh, this is like the most solid relationship on the show. Just kidding.
1: So, like, yeah, this has been the 12 episodes of this season plus I think the six episodes of last season, depending on how you call, like, the two-parters for Mm. finale and premiere. Like, I think you're right. The 32 episodes is just too long. This could have been an entire season. Yeah, Literally, like, it would have been, like, 18 episodes Mm. where all of this could have happened. God. I just – I can't get over it. I had to write the timeline down because I was like – He cannot already be emotionally cheating on her this recent into their relationship.
0: Right. Unless it was like not – like, And not to denigrate the relationship that he had with Tracy, but like that would have made more sense Mm -hmm. because their relationship wasn't near as
1: serious. Not (sighs) on Brandon's side at least. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah. I mean that's – That's the episode. Like, you know, they're setting up a lot in this of David's going job hunting. There's a love quadrangle with fake dating and buying boats. And Brandon and Kelly are both being harassed and taking Mm -hmm. it in very different directions. Mm -hmm. It was really like a mid-season setup for the next round of storylines. That's a good point. Yep. Good point. So – you know, with that being said, do you have a quote of the week? Is there yeah, it's anything?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like they're like honestly and truly, like they're like I wrote some things down to reference, you know, like the Val and Noah back and forth when they were doing the negotiating for her what she was going to make of the pee pad, like stuff like that. But it's frat. Like, there's no other quote that could have been the quote of the week.
1: I love that though. What about you, Mary? Do you have any
2: specific quotes? Um, I wrote down Donna um, saying, you should see what I can do with a whisk. And then um, David's boss saying, a flat sleeve is a happy sleeve. <laughs> I loved that one. And I loved how flat David's response was.
1: Where he was like, I wonder what a depressed dis- sleeve looks like. <laughs> that was a joke. God. Yeah. The only other one I have is when – Kelly tells Brandon, he's no Brandon Walsh, and he goes, oh, I'm sure he hears that all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, maybe. He might literally hear that from someone.
0: Yeah, he might.
1: Mary, do you have any more?
2: No more quotes. Um, Like, I literally – those are the two that I wrote down, and then Brandon being like, um, to Kelly, like, I feel like you would know if something was bad that was happening to you. You would say something. And I'm like, Brandon, she's saying something now.
0: Yeah. Right? right? (laughs) Like she's literally telling you and you're just like, "Mm, uh, well, if you really thought it was bad, you would say something else. She's like, what? What What am I doing here?
1: here. Right here. Yeah. That was just weird.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Is is that
1: your petty gripe of the week?
2: I think it is. I do have a moment though, and it is fake dating. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm so excited. Yeah. So excited for fake dating.
0: And, like, how long is this going to draw draw out,
1: like? Uh, give it yeah. to me for so long that we don't know if it's fake or real anymore.
0: Yes. yes. Like, the the as is the case with, like, every fan fiction out there. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, if this doesn't turn into a polycule, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I just want it.
1: And, like, Noah's clearly obsessed with David, so, like, just give it to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. So, yeah, what is next week's episode, Caitlin? Please tell me it's called, like, P-Pad Polycule.
0: (laughs) If only they came up with stuff like that. No, it's next week we have Season 8, Episode 13, Comic Relief, which could be about fake fake dating. Give us a little bit of humor in this and all.
1: I, I would actually love nothing more if the next episode is just something like Literally, it was a very um, meta comment to the fandom of like, we've put you guys through so much. Here's a funny episode. Just calm down. Yeah. Please love us. I would take it. I would be so happy. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I don't I don't know what that could be. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we will. So until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. You can also shoot us
0: over an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com.
2: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com.
1: And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and that way we can give you all a better product. And if you give us a shout-out on iTunes, we'll give you a shout-out on the show because we really appreciate you. So... Until next week, from all of us at Back to You Podcast, thanks to you, my life is ruined.
0: I'm leaving next week to go on a trip to Arizona, Florida, and maybe Memphis to see Graceland for a few months.
2: I want to run your club. Please let me run your club. I'm really good at it, I swear. Bye.
1: Bye. See ya.